am I. This is Judith Lay, openly admitting that I'm suffering withdrawal symptoms now that the Manx Music, Speech and Dance Festival is over. If you've ever had anything to do with this annual event that involves a couple of thousand people and is known affectionately as the Guild, or if you've never experienced it and wonder what it's all about, then I hope you'll join me for the next half an hour for a wander round the deserted corridors, the silent halls, in the traditional home of the Guild, the Villa Marina. The correct title of this event, that's held in late April each year, runs for eight days and offers classes for all ages and all types of artistic discipline, is the Manx Music, Speech and Dance Festival, but is almost always referred to as the Guild. I wondered why. Well, apparently it was in December 1892 that the fifth annual exhibition of the Isle of Man Fine Art and Industrial Guild first included music. It was announced at that time that one or two new features had been introduced to make the Guild more interesting, notably exhibitions of fishing nets, jewellery and shoes and boots, and choir competitions arranged by Miss M. L. Wood. The Guild didn't survive the Great War, but it's still the name by which the Manx Music Festival is better known. The people who sang or listened on that December day couldn't have known that those six music competitions would soon grow into a fervent assembly of thousands, with great choral works performed under famous conductors and the Manx language and folk music kept alive. Well, now in its 131st year, the Guild has adapted and adopted, dropping some classes as support for them dwindled and responding to suggestions by bringing in new ones like stand-up comedy and news reading. But whilst progress is essential for survival, the heart of the Guild remains the same, an opportunity to admire and enjoy the mass of talent on our island – in the years that I've been associated with the Guild, I can't think of one adjudicator who has not been hugely impressed by the quantity and quality of the performers. But what about the journey from syllabus to stage? Around October each year, the Guild publishes a syllabus, details of all the classes and the test pieces to be performed. Closing date for entries is usually early February, and then comes the event itself in late April. But what happens between those dates? Well, who better to ask than former Guild competitor, winner of the Sheffield Plate in 1993, professional singer and now producer and vocal coach, Christine Sutcliffe. Chrissy, you're a teacher, a parent. You see the Guild from every aspect. Absolutely. And we see the children beautifully prepared. What does it take to get there? Obviously, there's the race to get the syllabus. When the syllabus comes out, Facebook lights up. It's out, it's out. And um, you pop off and get your syllabus. Then you have to work out if you've got the set pieces. Do you know the set pieces? Who you've got that's going to sing the set pieces? Then once you've established that, you take the kids through their songs generally they don't like them to start off with the set pieces often they turn around very quickly and you can you say well it's about this and you talk about the whole sort of why they've chosen it and what it shows off and what they'll be looking for and that kind of thing and and that really that process takes weeks obviously I've really condensed it there but um, by Christmas they're usually knowing it and then you come back after the Christmas break and they've forgotten everything <laughs> 
you kind of start again, but from a slightly further on point. And of course, they're learning alongside, obviously, the set piece. They're often doing a musical theatre piece and, and maybe a folk song or lots of different things. So you're having to kind of prioritise time in lessons for that. And then kind of Guild Week looms towards you and you have your rehearsals with the pianists and you like my have um, a little Facebook group of all my students and you know I send instructions and this is you know this is where you've got to be this is like your pre-warning of what's happening and then they get this is where you might want to get your programs from and all the sorts of things that you mustn't forget this please arrive either school uniform or something pretty or something smart um, and then of course when you actually arrive here on the day since it's forgotten no music and there's usually some sort of last minute drama to fix I always say I would a hundred times before myself if somebody said to me instead of watching your students do this class now you're going to do a recital for 40 minutes and we're just going to put the music in front of you it's going to be kind of things you know but you haven't really looked at for a while I would do that in a heartbeat because it's so stressful <laughs> watching them all and terrified and they're always nearly as good as they were in in my studio you know but um they just they all do so brilliantly and the main thing is I just think it's such a character building experience we're creating brilliant young people and brilliant young adults by putting them through this (laughs) Um, and that's what the guild is giving us all of us you know this wonderful platform to be brave you know one day you may have to stand up for yourself and speak for yourself or you may have to face something that you don't want to do but you have to do and I think it's just, it's building resilience and it's building, building brilliant young humans. It's the most supportive environment. It's the most terrifying environment. It's the most loving environment. It's the most nerve-wracking environment. It's kind of like a real whole plethora of different emotions and things. But to have the guts to get up there and do it is, um, is quite something. And having done it myself, I know... And I'm just so proud of them all. And the way they support each other is just brilliant. So all good in the end. The Guild is changing. And I applaud the committee for moving with the times. I mean, the Guild is a little bit like the Ben McCree, you know, getting it to change and turn its course is going to take a while. But it's happening. And, you know, having the younger musical theatre classes, there's still room for all of the other things, like the set songs for the younger people, I, I do feel like they should be the more old-fashioned songs because they, they teach a different skill and a different kind of singing. And I always say it's one voice, a bit like it's one piano. And if you choose to play some Chopin, if you choose to play some Mozart, if you choose to play Jason Robert Brown, if you choose to play something, I don't know, Scott Joplin, these are all different styles on one instrument. And I think vocally that's what we need to remember, that it's one instrument and we can take it through these different styles and there is room with that instrument to do all the different styles. Thank you, Chrissy Sutcliffe. And after the hard work comes the adjudication. In days gone by, adjudicators could be quite scathing in their comments, but it's very different now. The emphasis is on encouragement and assistance. Often, adjudicators will give little impromptu masterclasses to the performers, sharing some techniques that they might like to try. And everyone gets an individual written adjudication, as well as a mark. No adjudicator's work is easy, but I don't think anyone envied Louise Horrocks the job of deciding who would get the Sheffield Plate and the Cleveland Medal this year. 
the festival's top awards for the best solo child voice and the best solo adult voice. Louise Horrocks, welcome. It's lovely to have you here on the island. Thank you very much. You've had some tough adjudicating to do, but before we talk about that, let's find out a little about yourself. You're quite a well-travelled lady, aren't you? I certainly am. I, I Certainly before Covid hit, of course, things changed radically then. I had travelled to about 60 countries around the world, so lots of lots of different experiences, examining, adjudicating, running masterclasses, workshops. So yes, a fabulous, fabulous time. They say that music is universal, which of course it is, and this week we have listened to people sing in German and Italian and French but nevertheless adjudicating in another country it doesn't add a special layer of difficulty I think it does but I think as you say it's the universality of music and so ultimately someone singing in Singapore or someone singing in Dubai they might be singing the same songs and it's interesting because they may bring something different but the outcome is always music and making music and how successfully they've been making that music where are your music roots for yourself? Well, I trained at the Royal College of Music as a singer, so very much steeped in singing. I've done quite a lot of small group work as well, a little bit of opera. I haven't had a very big operatic voice, so not a lot of opera, but some stage work. Um, that's my background. So really right across the whole styles of music, not so much popular music, but I've done a lot of adjudicating of popular music, so, you know, sort of understand how that all works as well. And that's one of the things that is so important about coming to a festival like this because it may be that some of these performers will not end up being singers but all of the skills they learn in presentation skills being able to hold a stage will come into later life and be so so useful for them particularly the youngsters it's a great way of building confidence how on earth do you adjudicate last night we were asking you to adjudicate the sheffield plate which is for young singers and then the cleveland medal test which draws together people who've been singing for quite a while have got some experience musical experience and yet you you, you just seem to find a way through it all. It's a mystery. It's, it's a gift, isn't it? It is a gift. I, I like to think it's a gift, but I think it's also experience. You get to know music and you get to know how people will sing it and you get to know what things to look for. Um, and I always say that my, my absolute go-to is, is the technique serving the music? So, in, in other words, is the technique unobtrusive? You know, I don't, I don't need to know about the tuning or the breathing. Of course I need to know about them, but they have to be working so that the interpretation can flow and can communicate and reach out to your listeners. And that's the most important thing. That, that's the final little extra bit is that if I feel that confidence radiating from someone on the stage and I'm just in safe hands and I know that they will give a good performance and you think, yes, this is the one. Um, one of the things I've loved about being here is the huge variety of classes that people can enter um, and I think I would say just keep evolving keep that you know that sense of currency what do people out there want to sing and keep listening and keep changing but I think the core of what is happening here is absolutely excellent so I would say you know evolution not revolution definitely Louise Horrocks thank you very much indeed for talking to me and for being with us thank you so much thank you one of the great benefits of going regularly to the Guild is watching how young people develop. For me this year, it was William Shooter who caught my attention. I vividly remember William's winning performance in the Sheffield Plate final in 2015, when he sang a song about being frightened by sinister sounds keeping him awake during the night, and appearing in pyjamas and dressing gown, complete with his teddy bear, to sing. Monster over there, and he's 
last night. But this year it was a very different role for a more mature William Shooter. Singing in the songs from the musicals and choosing to portray from a show about the American Civil War, a young man dying and sending a message to his father. Tell him how I spent my youth So the truth could grow William Shooter, then and now. I love any chance to explore Guild history, sharing people's stories and memories, as in this precious meeting exactly ten years ago when Mrs Eileen Mine visited the island for family reasons and happily found herself here during Guild Week. Yes, I came over for my brother and his wife. They were celebrating their golden wedding anniversary. And it so happened that my cousin Anne said, oh, you're lucky, you're going to be over in Guild Week. And so you came along to the villa today because there's a trophy that's been awarded today that has a very special connection for you. It's the Dan Miney Memorial Cup, which was donated by my mother after my father died. So I thought it would be lovely to have my picture taken with the winner today because I haven't been over to the Guild for many, many years. And so that was really lovely. And I'm sure it's added an extra special touch to today for the winner of that, and that's John Qualtro. Exactly. I really enjoyed his performance. I think he has a marvellous voice. Revenge Timotheus cries, revenge Timotheus cries, revenge, 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 revenge. See the furies arise, see the snakes that they rear, how they hiss in the hair, and the spark. My father, of course, uh, started singing as a very young boy in St. Thomas's Choir, and from that he sort of graduated to various things and appeared in an awful lot of the musicals, like The Vagabond King, The Desert Song, and so on. He actually died singing. He was appearing at the Masonic Temple singing a song, and the last words of the song were, I am the captain of my soul, which is the song Invictus. And he turned to the pianist, and then he just dropped and died. He was only 58. And at that time, unfortunately, 
He'd been asked to do an audition for television, and of course he didn't make it. But he had a wonderful voice. He had a repertoire of, of over 500 songs. He sang all over the UK. I was very proud, actually, to be his daughter. Eileen, you've got a particular affection for the Gaiety Theatre, haven't I you? I have indeed, yes. My father appeared in so many things on the Gaiety stage, and I can remember going back over the years, I thought it was such an exciting place to be. But your grandfather, Fred Miney, has a connection with the Gaiety as well, didn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. I mean, he, he appeared in shows... He was just a wonderful singer, and my father, as a young boy, had always dreamed that he would be able to sing as good as his own father. But then you've got my father's sister, Margaret Miney, his brother, Harry, his brother, Fred, and his brother, Jack, and his sister, Ethel, who all appeared together in the musicals years ago. So it's quite a family affair. And of course your father, holder of two Cleveland medals. Yes, really he was very, very proud of that. And I think that his sister Margaret actually won three. And he and Margaret did appear on the BBC in about 1939, singing together. So tell us about your love of music then. Well, I started uh, at the piano when I was six and a half and of course I was pushed into the guild. I was also pushed in to sing when I was seven, but I never wanted to sing. And uh, so (laughs) I stuck to the piano and then uh, I also took up ballet and I was acting with the service players for a time and then I entered the guild for the dramatic interpretation and I did Catherine from Wuthering Heights and I was so surprised when I won it I couldn't believe it. (laughs) So that was about the last time that I really took part in the guild. So have you done anything with your artistic abilities since? Are you still involved in drama or music in any way? Well... (laughs) Since I'm now 78, I joined some dance classes in Hampshire six years ago. And now I'm tap dancing, I'm doing jazz dancing, and we appear in a show every year. (laughs) And so are you still playing the piano as well? Yes, I've really started practicing again. Because, you know, for a number of years, I kind of left it, really. But now I'm, I'm back really studying some Chopin and having a look at my old exam pieces, which I can't play anymore. But uh, yes, I'm, I'm doing that. I think that my whole interest in the theatre and everything was when I was about five, I was taken to a dress rehearsal at the Gaiety Theatre. And when I saw my father on the stage, I thought, that's what I want to do. Have you any family yourself? Yes, I've got one son and two daughters, two granddaughters, and there's another grandchild on the way. And are we seeing any kind of musical talent there? Yes. My daughter got a degree in music at Exeter University. She plays the piano, the clarinet and the saxophone. And uh, my son plays the bass guitar. (laughs) My other daughter played the flute. She also plays the piano as well and has taken up singing so it's the first one in our family that has really started on that road and I'm really pleased about that that. and who knows where that may lead Eileen thank you very much indeed for talking to me I'd just like to say it's lovely to be home I call it home the Isle of Man you know and it's really lovely I wish I could spend more time here 
Memories from Mrs. Eileen Mine and music from John Qualtro, winner of the Dan Mine Memorial Trophy in the year of Mrs. Mine's visit, 2013. And finally, we're always grateful for the wonderful support we get from the staff in the Villa Marina. But one staff member has become such a friend to us all that, well, without the welcoming smile of Shirley Savage by the entrance to the Royal Hall, well, it wouldn't really be Guild Week at all. Shirley, we anxiously look around for you when the Guild starts to make sure that you are here. And in fact, you enjoy it so much you come out of retirement to help us here at the Villa, don't you? I have done this year, yes, I have, yes. And we're very, very grateful. When you were working at the villa, you were always there. You enjoy the actual entertainment of the Guild. But if I'm wanting to know where some particular singer is or an adjudicator or whatever, you always seem to have your finger on the pulse. You... Years of experience, Jude. Hospitality, which is really what you, you are. You know, has that always appealed to you, Shirley? It has. Yes, I've been brought up. Everything I've done has been in hospitality in some kind of way. As a workplace, I worked for 30 years at QX School as a classroom assistant. Loved it. I was a member of Red Cross for 30 years almost as well, doing all kinds of wonderful things there and so on. Well, actually, that's the perfect preparation to be the ultimate in hospitality at the Guild because sometimes we need a little bit of first aid. People are unwell. We need somebody who's good with children. We need somebody who's good with adults. So you tick all the boxes, don't you? (laughs) So you say. (laughs) Have you got a particular favourite class at the Guild? Everything, really. You know, but I do like the singing. I like to hear the singing very much. A lot of us like to follow singers year by year and see how they, the little ones improve and they get a bit more confidence. How do you feel about Debbie Gooding winning the Cleveland Medal this year? I'm very pleased for her. She's worked hard and she deserves it, yes. Encouraging news from the Villa staff. Tell us that the audience numbers are up this year. Look, today it's been so busy today with the children's choirs, hasn't it? And yesterday, yes, some of the daytime perhaps could have a bigger audience. We're getting more people in the evenings. You are indeed, yes, yes. And a lot of new faces which is nice. A lot of new faces. Delighted. New faces are great, but familiar faces oh, that we can rely yes. on. I've missed so many familiar faces this year, but it's nice to see those that are still coming, but for those that have been and are no longer able to. But they're always remembered, aren't they? I mean, this is the lovely thing about the Guild. The family feeling is very important, Oh, it is indeed. It? it is indeed, yes. It's lovely. But also the rising stars. Well, we need them, don't we? Oh, yeah, we do and we've got, we have quite a few. We do. Do you know what I've noticed, Shirley? The little ones seem to have so much confidence. Oh, don't they just? Don't they just? One little boy who I've just met on the stairs, and he says, do you work here? And I just said to him, yes, and I've been listening to you singing. He said, did you like me? I wouldn't have dared to have said that to an adult when I was little. Me neither. I mean, at this age, I would never have gotten anywhere near the stage. No, no, would I. I used to go on with choirs. I've, I've been in choirs when I was younger, and I was a member of Choral Union for some years. I enjoyed that look, yes. Shirley, talking about familiar faces, you are so much a part of the Guild. Thank you for everything, and here's to next year. Indeed, thank you. Thank you, Shirley Savage, and thank you to everyone, participants, parents, teachers and everyone who makes the Guild possible each year. Manx Radio's coverage of this year's Guild is available as a series of podcasts at manxradio.com. Just go to the Podcasts tab on the homepage of Manx Radio's website and search for Today at the Guild. So, as I put this year's programme away, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you a very good evening. Evi.
Manx Radio coverage of the Manx Music Festival is brought to you with Spectrum Windows. Find them on Facebook or spectrumwindows.im. Station, Manx Radio.